Like never before, oh my. 
change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Is that your prayer? Change my heart, oh God. Will may I be like you? Let's sing that again. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever, ever true. Change my heart, oh God. Will may I be like you?
financial, but there I'm so thankful, amen, this morning that there is somewhere where we can go and cast those cares, amen. I want to welcome you to the service this morning. As you can tell, we've got quite a few that are missing. Um, we just uh, want to uh, remember a few prayer requests. We want to remember uh, a special request for our brother Tim Arrowwood, as everyone knows, uh, he's been really struggling uh, with the virus, and uh, he's got, uh, from the last scene, he's got double pneumonia, and they've uh, put him in the ICU, so we want to just continue to remember Brother Tim. Uh, we want to remember all those that are not uh, doing well in Johnson City. There's uh, quite a few, as everybody knows, that are sick there. Request for uh, Sister Smith from Brother David Yancey's church. I don't have anything else more particular than that, so we want to remember that sister in prayer. We want to remember our own sister Mary Smith, uh, who really needs a touch in her back. She's been in a lot of pain, I know, and so we just want to remember Sister Mary. We also want to remember Brother Richard, who has uh, been caring for her both of them. Amen. Brother Keith is at home not feeling well. Uh, my wife and daughter are not feeling well and they're at home, so we want to remember them. Uh, we want to remember uh, Sister Madeline and Sister Grace. They're traveling. We want to remember our Brother Barry and Sister Becky. They're um, at Brother Mike Wall's camp. Brother Barry's been ministering up there, so we want to remember them in prayer all the others that aren't here, and then if you have an unspoken prayer request, I'm going to ask Brother Jaron if he would come and open the service in order of prayer and uh, take these prayer requests before the throne. Amen. Amen. Let us bow our heads together and take these deeds to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just approach your throne, Lord, with humbleness in our hearts, God. Lord, repenting of anything that may be contrary, Lord. 
We just take every spirit, Lord, in captivity, Lord, and we just submit to you, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would come now and cleanse our hearts, God, as we sing in the song, Lord. Change us, God, and make us clean, Father, as only you can, Lord. And God, as we approach your throne, Lord, we take these special needs before you, Lord. These people are suffering, Lord Jesus. There's people that are hurting, Lord, in the hospital, Lord God. My heart goes out to these people, Lord. We think of, Lord, these ones that are reaching out to you, Lord God. They need you in this time, Lord, in this hour of need. I pray that you would just bring healing to each family, Lord Jesus, Lord, whether it's sickness, Lord, whether it's mental illness, Lord, whatever they're fighting, some spiritual battle, Lord, we rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We pray that you would just come upon the scene, Lord, in their hour of need. Lord, we just lift them up before you, Jesus, praying that you would meet those needs, Father. We know and believe you to be true, Father. And Lord, we know that you can meet them, Lord. We know that you can meet that need, God, and we believe it, Lord. We claim it in the name of Jesus for these ones, Lord. We think of those that are away at this time. We pray that you would just be with them, Lord. We think of our pastor, Lord, and the meetings up with Brother Mike Wald. We pray that you would just minister to those people, Lord, in a mighty way, Lord. I pray that you let your Holy Spirit fall upon them, Lord. Lord, Lord, in this time, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, we just want your Holy Spirit to fall upon us too, Lord. We pray that you would just touch each heart this morning, Lord. We pray that you would touch the minister, Brother Aaron, Lord. I pray that you would just move upon him in a mighty way, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Minister to our needs, we pray. And Lord, we just commit this service into your hands in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn and uh, greet those that are around you. And then uh, you may have your seats. I want to welcome our visitors that are here with us. Hope you feel uh, welcome. Let's sing that song, I'm Pressing On the Upward Way. It's an oldie but a goodie. Just like me and Brother Jeff. Amen. Oldie but goodie still. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining in every day. Amen. I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lift me up and let me stand. I faith on head, unstable land, a higher plane. Oh, then I have found. Lord, plant my feet on high. No desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. No sun may dwell where these abound. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lift me up and let me stand. My faith on Oh, 
joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on care, unstable land, a higher
Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, this morning, for we know that in the time of trouble, we don't hold to our religion, but our religion holds us. Father, you are the, the rock in a weary land. You are the anchor, Lord Jesus Christ, when we are sailing through the storms of life. You are God in, in sunshine. You are God in rain. And this morning, we want to worship you because you loved us, oh God. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for we have this privilege of coming into your house and worshiping your name, we realize each day that this is indeed a privilege. For we can remember the days when we could not gather. Then, Father, we remember the words of our, of our prophet who says it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father, this morning. We pray, oh God, for your children, some that are sick, some that are not here. We pray that you be with them and you heal them, Father, from all their afflictions. You are still the healer. You are the answer to all the, the, the problems of the world. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We commit this service into your hands. May you come down in your power, and may you be the speaker, and may you also be the hearer. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that your Holy Spirit may it be present to anoint. Lord Jesus, we bind every spirit. Lord God, we take it, Father, under the control of the Holy Ghost, that your word may be declared, that you might have the preeminence. We thank you, O God, because we know that judgment begins in the house of God. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may have your seats for a few minutes. Uh, so happy to be uh, back in the house of the Lord uh, this uh, wonderful Sunday morning. I could not be anywhere else um, except the house of the Lord. Amen. So happy to see uh, each and every one of you. And also certainly uh, remembering those that could not make it today. Some are traveling. Some are out of uh, state, out of town. Some are sick. Um, I feel like, you know, we have given too much attention to this demon, this virus. I don't want to talk about it so much. I want to talk about Jesus Christ because I know that Jesus Christ, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. You know, the devil, when you give him too much attention, you know, he, he kind of likes that, you know. So today I'm not going to talk about the virus. I'm going to talk about Jesus. Because, you know, every day we have to talk about Jesus. Praise be to God. You know, this is the time of the rapture. This is the season of the rapture. And the rapture is a process. The Bible says, and this shall be the beginning of sorrows. Now, the Greek word for sorrows is birth pains. That's why the prophet preached birth pains. So we're going to see more and more of these things happening. But we know that all these signs are talking about our going away. It's the time of the harvest. What is important is to be prepared. Whether you go by a nuclear bomb or by COVID or by accident, as long as you are ready to meet Jesus. Because as long as you have eternal life, you cannot die. Hallelujah. Paul, the Bible doesn't say as Christians we don't die. It says we shall not all sleep. Some of us will sleep, but we shall not all sleep. Because in the moment, in the twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. And I want to say that um, people here, we, it's such a privilege that we have got all these um, 
vaccines that we have. I know people have got different opinions. I'm not here to talk about that. But in Africa, we have got so many people that are dying of COVID and they wish they could have uh, the, the privilege that you have here of having all kinds of vaccines, but they don't have that privilege. And I want to say that if you have that privilege, don't take it lightly. It's the grace of God. And a, a Christian makes his decisions based on prayer. Whether you are getting the vaccine or not, it's something that you pray and ask the Holy Ghost to lead you. It does not come from a CNN or Fox News. It comes from your knees. Hallelujah. Because you realize that it's such a privilege that you have got these vaccines. There are countries which, are, which they wish, who wish they had the hospitals that we have here, who wish they had the vaccines. We have lost, we have lost so many loved ones down in Africa. They don't have the privilege that we have. So it's the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So uh, let's get into our sermons. If we can stand to read the, the, the Bible this morning, I'd like to remember Brother uh, Barry Coffey as he uh, is uh, down uh, up in northern Virginia this morning. You also pray for me. It's uh, always very hard to be standing behind this sacred desk. Let's read uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. If you have your Bibles... If you don't have, I recommend you to get one. <laughs> it's a very good book. Uh, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request, uh, uh, let your request be known unto God. I like the verse which says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Hallelujah. You, we can have our seats. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you once again, Lord Jesus Christ, as we have opened the word. Uh, after going to school, Lord, I'm able to read and write, but I pray that the Holy Ghost may be the preacher, for he is the one that is qualified to speak uh, for his word. We commit it into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let your moderation be known unto God. The Lord, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. So today I want to talk a little bit about um, loosing the chains of insecurity. You know, uh, loosing the chains of insecurity. Or if you want, you can title it um, uh, Eternal Security, whichever way. But we are going to be talking about security and insecurity. Because I find out that it's a, a demon that troubles a lot of people. And it also troubles some of God's children. And just because you are a Christian, it does not mean that you are immune from troubles. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that you are, you are immu immune from demonic oppression. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but you can suffer with mental issues. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost, and you can still suffer in your body. So the remedy is in the Word of God. Because the Bible says, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So we have bomb in Gilead, and salvation and healing is part of salvation. In the Old Testament, when Abraham went to make the sacrifice... He was told to bring uh, five uh, uh, clean animals, the ram, the heifer, and the she-goat. 
and uh, the dove and the, and, and the, 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 the pigeon and the turtle dove. And the prophet says these two birds were not cut because they represent divine healing. You find divine healing in the Old Testament. You have divine healing in the New Testament. And the prophet says divine healing is the children's bread. Now, divine healing is not only about the healing of your, of your physical body. Divine healing is the healing of your soul. It's the healing of your spirit. It's also the healing of your body. When we talk about divine healing, people just think about tuberculosis. Uh, people talk about, you know, all these diseases that affect the flesh. But divine healing goes to, to deal with depression. Divine healing deals with anxiety. Divine healing deals with, you know, insecurity. Divine healing is, it helps you to give you confidence. Hallelujah. So God made sure that in the atonement, in the covenant, there is divine healing. So these two birds, these clean birds, they represent divine healing. That's why the Bible says in the book of Malachi, Unto you that fear my name, shall the son of, of righteousness rise with healing in its wings. Praise be to God. So the wings of healing, the, the dove represents healing. Amen. And the prophet, the Bible tells us in the book of, of Revelation that in the new Jerusalem, the, 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 the kings of the earth shall bring, you know, leaves in the new Jerusalem. For it shall be for the healing of the nations. Praise be to God. Now let's continue reading here. If we read uh, Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible says, For God has not given us, given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In other words, if you are a Christian, it's not enough just to have the Holy Ghost. You, knew, you need to have a sound mind. And the Bible is always talking about be sober. Be sober. There is soberness in the natural, you know, staying away from alcohol. And there is also soberness in the spiritual. Being able to have the right kind of judgment. Being able to have the right kind of a, a, a mental, you know, state of mind. Where you are able to see things clearly. Where you, can, where you can filter beyond conspiracy theories. Where you can filter beyond, you know, political hyperbole. Where you can filter beyond, you know, social pressures and all things. You can see things clearly. Hallelujah. Because remember, Delilah is not the one that shoved the head of Samson. Delilah was only responsible for putting Samson to sleep. And the Philistines, if they came, they, they're the ones that cut Samson's hair. So when we say be sober, you need to be in your right state. So Delilah is the evil spirit that takes away the soberness of your mind. Because once your mind is not in a sober state, then you are in danger of uh, the unpardonable. Then you are in danger of getting lost. Then you are in danger of doing the, right, the wrong kind of things. Praise the Lord. So we want Christians, we want young people, we want old, old sisters, old brothers, young brothers, young sisters to be in the right state of mind. And yet these days we hear so much about mental health awareness, all these things, because the prophet says we are living in a neurotic age, praise the Lord. We are living in a, in a time of nervous tension. There are so many people that would come in their prayer line and the prophet says you are suffering from nervous trouble. You are suffering from this nervous trouble. And many times the prophet would visit mental institutions and he would talk to people with different kinds of problems. Amen. Because he knew that Jesus was the only one that could help those people. 
So, so there is a spirit of fear. Fear is actually a spirit. Whether people talk about, you know, uh, the, the things that are happening around us, what we see in the news, you know, a human being is made to survive. And we respond very well to negative things. Why? Because we want to survive. So if you put a negative headline, it's bound to receive so many clicks. And so many, why? Because a human being, naturally, you want to survive. Naturally, you want to protect yourself. Amen. You have, naturally, you've got adrenaline and all these things. And also, spiritually, there is an instinct for you to survive. So you, you are bound to respond more to negative things more than you respond to positive things. Praise be to God. For example, this is how people get people into cults. Because if I preach fear, it's very easy for me to bind you. If I, if I tell you Jesus Christ loves you, you might just say, oh, well, amen, I believe that. But if I say judgment is coming, you all wake up. Why? It's because that's the nature of a human being. But the Bible is saying here that God has not given us that spirit of fear. No matter what is happening around us, we as Christians, we are in the right state of mind. We know what is happening. We know where we are coming from. We know where we are and we know where we are going. Praise be to God. Amen. So, so we, we find out that uh, demons, they, they come in, you know, in, three, in three forms. Demons that can affect your body, demons that can affect your spirit, and demons that can affect your soul. Now, I know that most of you here know this, um, probably from your, from your Sunday school, but it's, it's worth repeating because we have to be clear that, you know, being, you know, grumpy, sometimes having all these moods, it's, it's, it's not normal sometimes. It takes the Holy Ghost to help you from those things. Amen. Praise be to God. So what is insecurity? Insecurity is a feeling of inadequacy, not being good enough, and uncertainty. It produces anxiety about your goals, uh, relationships, and ability to handle certain situations. So this is just you know, uh, a definition that I picked, which I think is, is, is quite uh, you know, encompassing. So insecurity is when you feel you are inadequate. So when people feel maybe they are not, they don't look good enough. So they think maybe if they can just put on some makeup. Why? It's because it's a feeling of insecurity. Sometimes when you feel maybe you're not looking good enough, you know, you add this filter, you put this filter, you put this filter, and then you post your picture. Hey, man, I, I, I'm not against that. You know, I do that sometimes. But I'm just addressing when it comes to a place when you are insecure about yourself. When you are insecure about yourself as a man, as a son of God, when you are insecure about yourself as a woman, as a sister, as a daughter of God, when you feel like maybe, well, a little years have gone by and nobody has asked me out, maybe I need to cut my skirt a little bit. What, what causes that? That's insecurity. Amen. If you are insecure about yourself, sometimes you don't need a tattoo on your body because you are secure with of who you are. I am a black African. I come from Africa. Amen. That's where God made me. He placed me there. I am secure. I am happy to be where God has made me. I will never try to be a Chinese because God did not make me a Chinese. If I am an African, I want to be a Christian African filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. I don't need anybody to think there's something wrong with me. I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. 
I don't try to fit in somewhere or try to fit in with a certain society. I'm just Brother Aaron, saved by grace, by a sinner saved by grace. And I believe that's the true, that should be true for every one of us. You need to stand up and realize that you are a son of God. You don't need to keep up with a certain standard. You don't need to, to keep up with a certain image. You don't need to keep up with something that you're not supposed to be. If there's anything that you must keep up with, is the word of God. Hallelujah. The only thing that you need is the Holy Ghost. Once you have the Holy Ghost, that's your security. And it's not just a temporal security. It's an eternal security. Hallelujah. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. So you feel inadequate. And I can tell you there is no human being who is adequate. Every human being is born inadequate. God deliberately made you inadequate. There are some bad spots about you that God put there. There are some things about you that you are not comfortable with. There are things about you that you wish you could change. But God made you inadequate so that he can feel your inadequacy. Hallelujah. If you are adequate, then you don't need Jesus. If you are perfect, then you don't need Jesus. I can tell you of someone who thought he was perfect. I can tell you of someone who thought everything about him was perfect. His name was Lucifer. Amen. He was perfect in his beauty. Until iniquity iniquity was found in him. Because he said, I am going to be like the most high God. I can do this. I can do that. But God made you with a certain weakness. Sometimes when you are are working, you make a mistake. Why am I always doing this? God wants you to pray before you go to work. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, you see people driving by. Sometimes you think, oh, this man made it. You don't know everything about them. If you sit down with them, they've got something that bothers them. Everyone is supposed to carry a cross. And it's a cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Having a problem, having a weakness, it's not that God is punishing you. It's not that there is something wrong with you. God made you that way. So that you can depend upon him. Hallelujah. So, so, so inadequacy, that's what gives people insecurity. They feel like maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not, you know, sometimes I see Christians compromising at work. Maybe if I put in a, a long skirt, maybe people feel like maybe I'm some old antique. You don't have to do that. You have to be yourself. You have to be proud of, your, of what you believe. You have to be proud of what you stand for. Hallelujah. Even that brother that you are praying, some, some, someone in your mind, you've, you've got, if you're a, a, a young a little sister, you've got some imagination, or if I can have a brother who looks like this, who's got this job, all you need to do is just to trust God and pray. You don't need to do anything to lure anyone. You don't need to do anything to, to, to get attention from anyone. You have to be secure in Jesus Christ. If you don't receive something, it's because God didn't want you to have that. If you don't have something, it's because Jesus did not want you to have that. Hallelujah. That's your security, my brother, my sister. That's where you need to stand. And, and here the definition says uncertainty. Now, we are living in a time of uncertainty. We are not sure about tomorrow. You know, there's, so that brings, you know, nervousness, anxiousness. Because there are, there are two very dangerous demons. There is depression, which is when you worry about something that happened in the past, and you cannot get away from it. 
when somebody breaks your heart, you feel like, can I, can I trust anyone again? You know, something happens. Maybe you lost your loved one. You get into a depression. But the opposite is also, you know, when you worry about your future. That's, you know, nervousness, anxiety. And the Bible says, don't be careful for nothing. Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to have enough in my retirement account? Am I going to have, you know, are my children going to grow up to be believers? Are they going to be married with the right kind of a Christian? All these things, they come up. It's natural. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan. But in our planning, we shouldn't be careful for anything. Our security is in Jesus Christ. Amen. So you hear so much talk about security. Food security. You know, I, I, I was I looking at the news the other time where they were saying China is buying a lot of uh, land from America. Why? Because they know that they've got a lot of people and they want food security. You know, some of the countries like in the Middle East where there's deserts, they can't plant, they are buying land in Africa because they want food security. You know, you talk about national security. Every, people talk about cyber security, all these things, you know, it affects the national security. So there's so much talk about security. But people realize there is one main security, and I think that's the only security that you need. The security of your soul. The security of your life. It secures your destination. It secures your food. It secures everything that you need. There is nothing that Congress can do to guarantee national security. Amen. The keeper of Israel is Jesus Christ. There's job security. People talk about job security. What? I'm working for Amazon. Maybe they'll bring robots. Then I'll lose my job. You know, I don't have a college degree. Maybe I'll get uh, followed or retrenched. You know, people have got... And until it brings people into a a toxic anxiety. You know, where people, they they can't sleep at night. I want to tell you, my brother, my sister, God guarantees your job. God guarantees your promotion. God guarantees your raise. Promotion does not come from the east or the west. It comes from above. You know, relationship security. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, sometimes uh, something, some things happen in the relationship until, you know, people don't have, you know, security. You don't want your, your, the, the, the other partner to travel for, for, for many days. Sometimes maybe if the wife has got a good job, sometimes you feel like I, I'm, she's, she has more college degrees than you. And sometimes you feel secure, insecure. And, and because of that insecurity, you start to have un, unreasonable demands. You try to have, you know, some form of natural masculinity over that, 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 that spouse of yours. Why? Because you are insecure. Because you may feel like maybe she's got a better job than me. Maybe she earns more than me. You don't have to do that. You are a son of God. Praise be to God. And, you know, Social security. Everyone has got their social security card, right? And, you know, the government is trying all these things to make sure that people have social security. But here at the bottom, I say body security. It's just, you know, kind of like a reminder. I think this is what has affected a lot of young uh, men and women in these last days. Where Hollywood tells you this is what beauty is. This is how a young man should look like. And then if you don't meet that frame, you become insecure. You're not comfortable with your nose. You're not comfortable with your eyes. You're not comfortable with your hair. No, you, you should be all right, my sister. You are beautiful the way you are. You are lovely the way you are. Don't try 
to go out of your way to lose weight. It's okay if the doctor says that, you know, you try to do that, but be happy the way God made you. Be comfortable with the, with the way God made you. Don't feel like, well, I just said a baby, you know, and I have got some extra, you know, belly. Maybe my husband do not like me anymore. You don't have to worry about that. Because you, when you get into that state of insecurity, it affects you. And that's what we are dealing with today. I see young people, they feel like maybe I should comb my hair a certain way. Maybe I should tint my hair a certain way. Maybe I should talk a certain way. Maybe I should walk a certain way to be accepted or to look cool or maybe to portray this image. You are not supposed to be like that. You are supposed to be yourself. And your DNA is your superpower. It's unique. You are not made like anybody else. There is only one Aaron in this world. There is only one Peter in this world. There is only one end in this world. If you try to be someone else, then you have sold yourself. Hallelujah. No one should define to you what beauty is. Let the word of God define you what beauty is. No one should define to you what a man should look like. Let the word of God tell you what a man is supposed to be. And the image that I want, I want the image of Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only want to be like Jesus. I don't want to be like this singer. I don't want to be like this actor. I want to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't feel bad when you start losing your hair. Maybe you're becoming bowed. You should be happy that you are maybe are looking like Elisha the prophet. Hallelujah. I'm not saying, you know, don't wear a cap. That's all right. But don't let it affect you. Amen. Be secure about yourself. Don't worry too much when you look in the mirror until you, you don't even have confidence to go out. Hallelujah. Be yourself. Wear your long skirts. Be happy. Enjoy your religion. Enjoy your religion. Don't look miserable. Don't feel like, ah, well, you know, you know, you know, all these things that I have to keep up with. My parents want this. Or the pastor says we should do this. That's not the way. You should have a revelation of who you are. Hallelujah. Causes of insecurity, traumatic events, crises such as divorce or bankruptcy or a loss. When something bad happens, you feel like maybe it's going to happen again. Maybe, you know, it gives you instability. Amen. It increases, you know, the insecurity that you have. It can also result from one's environment such as unpredictability or upset in daily life. This is typical of the world that you are living in. You know, nothing is certain anymore. Anything can just happen. You know, we everything, every time we read the news, something comes up. The temperatures are too high. Oh, there's inflation. Oh, COVID is on the rise. Oh, there's a variant. Oh, until it, you know, gives people so much anxiety. Amen. People who have recurring insecurities may also have low self-esteem, experience both image issues, lack direction in life. Or feel overlooked by others. Causes of, I'm going to continue. Insecurity also tends to to surface in adults whose parents pushed them excessively in childhood. So if you're a parent, right, you need to take it easy with your with your son, with your daughter. Don't try, don't push them too hard. Don't feel maybe they 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 have to have the same abilities as your neighbor. We are all born different. 
one, your son can grow up to be a preacher. Mine can grow up to be a mechanic. Mine can grow up to be, another one can grow up to be a plumber. That's perfectly all right. One can have straight A's. One can have B's. One can be a little slow in learning. If you push them too far, they are always at a spot where they feel they are not good enough. Appreciate them when they make good steps. Even they could be small steps, but appreciate that. Don't have, you know, un- unsustainable demands on your children. Even you, if you feel like they need to have the Holy Ghost, even you feel like they have to be saved, they need to learn more about the message, but don't descend, descend too heavily on them. You need to pray more. I remember Brother Branham saying, my little Rebecca is coming to age where she's, you know, 16. She, she might be, you know, kind of like a ricketer. Please, I pray that you pray for her. That's the only thing that I know. What you need to do, to do is prayer. Because remember the scripture that we read. Don't be too careful for nothing. But bring in prayer and what? And supplication. Because people that don't pray, may, usually they suffer too hard with insecurity. But when you have a problem, whether it's a boss, it's a neighbor, you know that I will sort it out in prayer. Nothing worries you. You just know that one, I'm just going to shut myself in the room and I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pray about this. So prayer becomes your hideout. It becomes your security. It it becomes like, you know, your situation room. There is something that, that, that has happened. You know, maybe my boss says something. Maybe, they, you know, you, you, you are secure in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The prophet says in uncertain sound, national affairs, jobs, homes, and now I want to speak on something else that's giving an uncertain sound. What, what we put so much confidence in, we make such a fuss about it, that's politics. Old neighbors fall out fast, stew over politics. One is Democrat and the other is a Republican. Why? They fuss and fight about it. And when both parties is as rotten and dirty as it can be. That's right. So one can't call the other wrong because they are all both wrong. It's exactly right. Hallelujah. Until people fight and fuss, you know, if there's anything, that, if there's anyone that we must fight for, is Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. All ye soldiers of the cross. Amen. John chapter 13, verse 3, the Bible says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and went to God, he riseth from the supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and gathered himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. So Jesus Christ, he had a revelation of who he was. He, he was secure about himself. He was secure about his leadership position. He was secure about his messianic. Amen. And knowing the Father had given all things into his hands. He didn't say, oh, well, now people are going to disrespect me if I act like this. You know, kings are supposed to act like this. He went and took the towel, not uh, from a back room. He took the towel which, in which he, he gathered himself, something that he was actually putting on, right? And he went and washed his disciples' feet. Now, this is an example of somebody who is secure about himself. You know, people feel like 
This is what presidents do. This is presidential. If I do this, it will show weakness. If I do this, it will look like maybe I'm not tough enough. That is a cause of insecurity. Jesus Christ, because he knew who he was, he came from God and he went back to God. He had the highest revelation that the Father has given me all things. And because I've got all things, I'm going to save my brother. I'm going to wash my brother's feet. He did not go to compete with the, with, with the brothers. He did not go to try and prove to them that you are somebody big. Or, you know, you are somebody who has, you know, he, he, he humbled himself. He went lower because he was sure of who he was. Hallelujah. But people who are insecure, leaders who are insecure, dictators who are insecure, people in position who are insecure, Sometimes they don't want to say certain things. Sometimes they don't, they don't want to be seen doing some certain things. Why? Because they feel like, well, people will look down on me. People will think I'm a joke. Imagine when you, when, when, when you have told people you are the king of kings and you are the lord of lords, and then you start to wash their feet. Amen. A natural man would not do that. Praise the Lord. And it came to pass afterwards, First Samuel chapter 24, verse 5. That David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt and he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David did not want to harm Saul. David did not want to speak bad of Saul. David did not want to destroy the influence of Saul because he was secure of who he was. He knew that God made him a king. He knew that God anointed him to lead Israel. So it was not through the, the engineering of man. It was not through corruption. It was not through nepotism. He rose because of the hand of God. So if you know that God has put you there, then you don't speak bad against anyone. Then you don't try to destroy someone's influence. David could have tried to say, oh, let me smear campaign, you know, uh, so... Like what they do in politics. Why? Because you, that's how politicians rise. But as son of God, you know that if you need a house, God will give you. If you need a car, God will give you. If you got a job, God gives you. If you have got children, God gives you. You don't need to speak bad about anyone. You don't need to, to try to pass anyone like you know what people do in the highway. You just let them go. Amen. If someone thinks they can do something better, you're not in a competition with anyone at work. You just do your, your job. Amen. Because you are sure of who you are. But people who are, who are insecure, they want to speak better about this guy that they work with. They want to speak better about this boss. They want to speak better about this, this other brother. They want to speak better about this minister. I've seen pastors and uh, ministers who are insecure about their calling until they, they want to make it seem as if everyone is lost. We are the only ones who have it here. That's not a revelation. That's insecurity. Amen. You feel like, you know, maybe there's a church which is, which is close by and what you are doing always is preaching better against that church. Not that. That's not virtue. That's the height of insecurity. If you are secure, like Brother Branham, we would say there's a brothers out there that they've got a church. If you want to attend Brother Junior Jackson's church, just go there. Don't call them dead beans. Amen. But the human nature, whenever we feel threatened, 
Whenever we feel inadequate, whenever we feel, you know, some form of unpredictability, we want to fight. We want to, we want to, 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 to bite. You know, we've got stickers like, you know, those plants in, 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 in Arizona, in the desert. You know, you want to speak bad. That's, that's completely, completely wrong. Even the denominations, we are against some of their teachings, but we love the people. I don't have to, you know, people like sometimes they just say nasty things until even someone who have a complex to come to church. We should just have love. Hallelujah. Even if we, we disagree with someone, it must not be out of bitterness and, you know, envy. And that's the spirit of Cain. Hallelujah. Let me, let me continue reading here. Insecurity, we find it in animal life. Now, here's what the experts say, whoever the experts are. Well, well, dog bites can happen for many reasons. Most puppies bite out of fear, aggression. Just like humans, dogs can inherit a tendency to be anxious. But the dog's environment, life, experience, and breed tendencies also play a role. That can lead to uh, scared puppies that react with aggression or frightening events. So some people are very aggressive because they are insecure. Because they have got fear. Like, you know, animals, if, if you are nice and sweet around animals, they reciprocate, they feel relaxed. But w- w- if they feel threatened and they are in fear and they are insecure, many times they go like, and they want to bite. And some people, they hurt other people because of their insecurities. Some people in relationships, they hurt the other partner because of their own personal insecurities. You can never, you try this, you try that, you never be good in their eyes. Not because there's something wrong with them, but it's because of their own personal insecurities. You know, some people preach in such a way that people, the clergy in the pulpit, I don't mean it here, I mean like in other places that I've you not know, traveled, until they, they never feel like they're good enough. You know, the, pre- the, the preacher can say it in such a way that people always feel like, oh, oh you know, not because there's something wrong with the congregation. It's because of the minister's own personal insecurities. Yeah. Hallelujah. So insecurity is a very, very dangerous thing. Because it produces aggression. It produces toxic behavior. I remember when I was at school with a lecturer, who, uh, a professor who was uh, a lady. Nothing uh, bad to say about ladies, but you know, I just have to give an example. And she knew that she was probably in the wrong place. She was probably in the wrong position. And she felt like maybe people were undermining her because she was a woman. And she wanted to compensate. She wanted to be aggressive. And she was now overdoing it because of her what? Her insecurities. You know, like in, in the early days when, when women were introduced in the police force, some of them would, you know, have disproportionate responses. Why? Because they felt like, People have to know that even though I'm a woman, but I'm also a pol- in the police, and I can also do as much as a man can do. You don't have to prove anything. If God made you a woman, be happy that God made you a woman. If you are a man, be happy that God made you a man for his own purpose. You, you don't have to feel like maybe you know, I can prove that I can also do. There's nothing to prove. Just be what God wants you to be. And because of insecurity, you know, they have these unnecessary demands. They command unnecessary respect. 
and it becomes very, very bad. So, and and the, some of these are behavioral effects of insecurity, fanaticism. You know, if you go to North Korea, for example, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> the people, the way they clap their hands for their emperor, right? It's not that the guy is saying something good or, you know, or he's charismatic, but they feel like, you know, they have to have his admonition. They have to feel like, you know, they approve him, they love him, you know. It's because of insecurity both from the leader and the people that he leads. And until people become extraordinarily fanatic, it also happens in the realms of religion. Some people feel like, yeah, only if I can just uh, go there and get dead from Brother Branham's grave. That's all right. But sometimes it can be a sign of insecurity. What you need is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't get into fanaticism. You know, some people, maybe sometimes they over-compliment their leaders or their CEO at work because maybe you feel like, ah, they will love me better. You don't have to do that. Just work in moderate behavior. If God wants to promote you, he will promote you. So fanaticism, sometimes it's a result of insecurity, anxiety, jealous. You know, you know Cain was okay when his sacrifice was rejected. The problem only came when he learned that Abel had been accepted. You see, when you feel you are all right when you don't have this, but the moment that you find out that another brother has it or another sister has it, then you have a problem. Then you get depressed. That's a complex. And God has to deal, has to help us with that complex. You are all right when you went to this vacation, but when you learned that this brother and this sister went to the Bahamas, then it affects you. Comparison is what kills joy. It's what kills happiness. You know, you shouldn't have that. You should be happy with what God has given you. Lord, I thank you for what you have given me. I thank you for what you have allowed me and my husband to achieve. Samuel put a stone and he called the place Ebenezer. And he said, hitherto has the Lord helped us. That's the attitude of a Christian. And overcompensating behavior, you know, uh, I know Brother Brace spoke a little bit about this when he was preaching one of these series. You know, when people, they become extreme, you know, if, if they think like being a message believer, they go into extremes with things, extremes in holiness, extremes in, you know, trying to be the word and trying to do this because they are insecure. Some of them, maybe they've got problems that they need to fix, but they, because they can't fix it, they go into extremes. Amen. We call it overcompensating behavior. You know that maybe there's something that you, that you like. Have you ever seen women preachers who, who, who preach like, oh, Jesus loves you with a deep voice? They are trying to overcompensate because they know that they're not supposed to be there. In the first place. Hallelujah. You, you try, you're trying to be bold. You're trying to, oh, you find little dogs, they bark like, whoa, 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 whoa. But big dogs are maybe sometimes not just quiet. And because this little dog knows that I'm a very small dog, they want to compensate with, you know, very big barks. When you hear it in the corridor, you turn around, you just see it's a little, it's a little, little sausage dog. <laughs> oh, my. It's because of insecurity. But you don't have to be like that. 
you don't have to have multiple degrees to prove that you're, you're supposed to have that job. If God wants you to have a degree, you can have it. Amen. So there's a guy called Herod the king. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So this guy, he ordered that all male babies from two years in law to be killed because he felt threatened, right? He knew that he was told that a Messiah has been born, a king has been born, and he was insecure about his kingdom. He felt like, I might lose it. If, he, if I was this guy, I could have been happy. I could have thanked the Lord, you know, that I've got a successor. You know, there are people, I've been in countries where people don't groom successors because they are so insecure. They don't have the democracy that you have here in America where another king goes, another one comes. That's a good thing, right? But they are in countries where there is dictatorship and you don't talk about a successor. Why? Because they are so, so insecure. And it brings a toxic environment. So Herod was as a king like that. Imagine he went to the length of killing innocent babies. You, you may say, well, I, would, I wouldn't do that. But I can tell you the things that people do just to cover their insecurity is shocking. Yeah. I, I don't have time to talk about it, but things that people do because of insecurity, it's shocking. Just to make sure that they don't lose their job or they don't lose this. And you, you, you think about Saul. Why would he take, take a javelin and want to kill David? Why, if, if he was sure that God, he knew that God anointed him, God gave him the kingdom, but why would he want to kill David? You know, it's because of insecurity. The prophet says, uh, he was reading from Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. It says, uh, there are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but they received uh, power as kings one hour with the beast. They are not crowned kings, they are dictators. See, they never received the crown, but they receive power as kings. One hour in the reign of the beast. So these dictators, I've uh, put a picture of some of them here. Um, the things that they do, they kill, you know, perceived enemies. They kill people. They feel they are not, they are not uh, 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 loyal enough. And dictatorship is a spirit. Amen. And these people, they've got all these extreme ideas and extreme behaviors. And they put extreme demands upon the people. Hitler would say, you have to be here by 8 o'clock. If you are here at one, a minute past 8, I'm going to kill you. If you are a king, you don't have to do that. If you are secure, you are a king, and you know that you are a good king, and people love you, why do you have those unnecessary demands? It's because these dictators, the Bible says, they received power as kings. But they were not crowned. They were crowned, but they... they they were not democratically elected. They knew that they were not supposed to be there. And they are insecure and they do all kinds of atrocities. And you can say, well, I'm not King Jong-un, I'm not Hitler, I'm not you know, Stalin. But if the spirit gets upon you, in a little way you might find yourself doing some certain behaviors which is not become of a Christian. Praise the Lord. And I, I talked a little bit about dressing. 
you know, I know that the liberals, <laughs> the liberals, they, they fight this, this uh, 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 theory to say dressing is linked with insecurity. And that's a fact. If you are insecure about yourself or about your body, why would you want to put on a miniskirt for people to admire you? People can still admire you with a long skirt. But you see, the recent studies, they are all about agenda, right? They will say, oh, people, dress, women dress like this because they want to feel confident. That's wrong. If you are secure about yourself as a woman, you don't need to display your flesh. You, if you are secure about yourself as a sister, as a woman, you don't need to put on makeup. If you are happy with God, the way God made you, why would you want to look attractive? Praise the Lord. It's because of insecurity. You want to over-appeal. It's, if, if you are secure, if you are happy, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, there's a guy, his name was Michael Jackson, you probably know him, and he was not happy, you know, being black. He wanted to be white. But that's wrong, you know. He could have been just happy the way God made him. But because he was insecure about his own skin, he did the wrong thing. Praise the Lord. So we find that dressing and, you know, uh, people talk about, I, I want to have a summer body. Why should you go to length to say, I'm going to have a summer body? You should be what God wants you to be. Praise the Lord. The prophet says, why would a godly woman want to dress like that? It's because of evil spirits that cause insecurity. Psalm 139, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I want the young people to, re to repeat this. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. When God saw you, you were unadequate, you were unperfect. You had your weaknesses. And in thy books, all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. What, uh, um, you know, the, the scripture continues. So, so David is saying that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my members, God saw them. When they were unperfect, he saw them and he wrote them in a book. Praise be to God. When you get into your theophany, you are going to lose that asthma. You are going to lose that blood pressure but you are still going to look the same way that you look. You could just be looking 18, 21, but you will still be the same way. I'm not going to change to be like Brother Andy. Uh, Brother Andy is not going to change to be like me. You know, I'm just going to see him and say, oh, Brother Andy, God bless you when we cross over. Hallelujah. So God wanted you to be like that, and he made you to be like that. Praise the Lord. Look like your theophany. Amen. Social media feeding insecurity. This is what they say. A Huffing Post poll found that 60% of people using social media reported that it has impacted their self-esteem in a negative way. They also found that 51% say social media has made them feel more self-conscious about their appearance. And this is what affects a lot of young people. What you see on social media, because you see, people will never show on social media that they were arguing last night. People will never show on social media that they were fighting last night. 
they only show these beautiful pictures that have been edited one out of 50. You know, they show these glowing pictures. And now, if you are not carefully taught, you look at that, you say, oh, this is a beautiful couple. They are always happy. It's because those are the only pictures that you see. Right? It's like what you find in Hollywood. They post a picture today. You say, oh, this is a very sweet couple. Then next week, you hear that they are divorcing. And they say, oh, these bad things were happening during our marriage. But we thought, ah, by the way, we thought you were a sweet couple. It's not what you see on social media. Praise be to God. If you see me opening the door for my wife, you think, oh, this is a very sweet couple. Maybe it's probably because the door is not working, so I have to open for her. <laughs> this, is, this is the back story, right? And you shouldn't feel like, ah, you know, if only my husband could open the door for me. He has got a better car than me. Praise be to God. Abraham and his seed after him. The prophet says, Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draws him first. And all the father has given me will come to me. And this is a scripture that the prophet would always quote many times. He would go to a place, um, I'm going to close very soon, five minutes and then I'll close. You know, if, if, if you're not the pastor, you should, you should preach yeah, short so that people would want you to come back. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the Bible says, no man can come to me except my father draws him first. And all the father has given me will come to me. So this scripture, Brother Branham used to quote it a lot of times. He would go to a place and hold a campaign, right? And many people would come on the altar, receive the Holy Ghost, get converted. But he never said, put your name down. I want you to come to Branham Tabernacle or I want you to follow up with you. He never said that. He would just say, go and find a Holy Ghost church out there. And, and people would say, Brother Branham, what about these people? Why can't you make them follow you? He said, all that the Father has given me will come to me. In other words, what is supposed to be mine shall be mine. I don't have to go out of my way to bribe this, to do this, to go to and play golf, to go, for, to, to go to wine testing with these business people. If I have to win that, that job, I'm going to win that job. If I have to win that contract, I'm going to win that contract. All that the Father has given me will come to me. If God has given me that brother, he's going to come to me. I'm not going to try to walk before him during the youth retreat. I'm not going to try to say I'm going to sing a special so that they can see me. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to sing a special unto the Lord. Because all that the Father has given me will come to me. Amen. If I'm an evangelist, I know that I'm going to receive a crown. And every stone which is connected to my crown, I'm going to receive. And no one can take that stone out of my hands. If there's someone who is going to repent under my preaching, there is nothing that can stop that. Hallelujah. God has given Moses and Elijah 144,000. No matter how much I go there in Israel to preach, those people will only be converted by the ministry of Moses and Elijah. Because God has predestinated that. You cannot say, oh, I could have, if only, maybe, if only I, I'd, I'd gotten this, if only I've gotten that. What you have is what God wanted you to have. The, the husband that you have, that's the best that God gave you. The wife that you have, that's the best that God provided for you. You can say, oh, well, she's, she's got a lot of temper. Zipporah had a lot of temper. And the Bible says Moses was the meekest man in the earth. Probably it was because of Zipporah. Amen. 
So God knows what is best for you. Israel and the church now say you believe in eternal security. Then, Brother Branham, in one way I do. I believe that the church is eternally secure. The church is, God already said it would appear before him without spot or wrinkle. The church will. You are eternally secure in Christ Jesus. You were chosen before the foundations of the earth to be blameless before him. Your works, we just do it as an appreciation because the life is in us. But they can never merit us anything before God. Our works, our righteousness is a filthy wrecks before God. We are saved not by 95% blood and 5% works. It's 100% the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not saved because, you know, you pay your tithe or you come to church early or you've got good dressing. You are saved because God loved you and he washed you by his own blood. And the works that you do, you are not doing those works to please God. You are doing that because you love God and you have received his love in your heart. You are only reciprocating what God has done for you. Praise be to God. Election is not based on what you did. It's not based on what you would do. It's based on what God has already chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So you don't have to get depressed. Oh, I, I did this. Oh, I did that. You did not do nothing. God does not see it. God does not know it. You are justified before him. You are eternally secure. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. The prophet says another thing. A seal is a security. Amen. Seal means you are secured. Now, you that believe in, that don't believe in eternal security, I don't know. See, but now a seal signifies security to its destination. Woe unto that guy that would try to break that seal. And the Holy, the Holy Spirit seal cannot be broken. The seal that you need is the Holy Ghost. If you are sitting there, you're a young man, you're a young you're a sister, you haven't received the Holy Ghost, pray that the Lord gives you the Holy Ghost. There is nothing that can guarantee your internal destination except the Holy Ghost. Those that have the Holy Ghost, that's your guarantee, that's your seal, that's your everything. Praise be to God. Anything else that we do, even preaching, Paul says, I don't want to preach and at the end I'll be lost. Preaching does not guarantee anything. It's just a gift that God placed in my heart. If I don't receive the Holy Ghost, I will be lost. The Holy Ghost is your eternal security. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 38, Bible says, and John answered him saying, Master, we saw someone casting devils in your name and he does not follow us and we forbade him because he followed not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is not on our part. So Jesus, I can give so many examples, but he was the most secure man that walked upon the face of the earth. He could have said, let's stop that guy. Why is he using my name? Why is he abusing my name? He never said that. He just said, let him do whatever he's doing. Amen. He was sure of his own ministry. So prayer is the one that gives you, if you, let's spend more time in prayer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and what? And supplication. Now supplication, 
is you pray, right? Supplication is when you pray continually. And that's what God wants us to do, to pray continually. Not just to say, I prayed about it yesterday. But God wants us to supplicate, to be always constantly in prayer. Because the Bible says, pray without ceasing. In blasphemous name, the prophet says, and God has adopted you and sealed you by the Holy Spirit into his kingdom. Then there is no getting out of it. You are eternally secure. Believe, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby all you and your godly virtues are sealed until the day of redemption, if the musicians can come. So the prophet is saying that there is no getting out of it. You are eternally secure. Once you have the Holy Ghost, you receive this message, you are baptized, you are eternally secure. Let's read Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. I, like, I love the book of Ephesians. I don't know about you. It's such a, a wonderful uh, book to read. Ephesians chapter 1, the Bible says, this one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us before the foundation of the world. And one, another way we have to be secure is to accept God's purpose in our lives. Because once you accept that this is what God has determined, then you don't have to worry about it so much. Amen. Because the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his own purpose. So we bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, this afternoon because you have given us eternal security through the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus Christ, we realize that there is nothing we can do to assure ourselves of anything. We can only give thanks because you have already done it for us. And we know, Father, that the word teaches us that you gave us an unconditional covenant. You swore by yourself, and Lord, you are the one who died for us. There was nothing, no human effort. It was not the blood of a man. It was the blood of God. Lord Jesus Christ, help us, Father, to know who we are, to know, Father, what we are supposed to be, and Lord God, to know where we are coming from and where we are going. Help the young people. Help uh, the little sisters and, and the brothers to be, to be happy with what God has made them. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to abate all the pressures that are in the world, the pressure for, 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 for looking maybe good, too good outside of the word, the pressure to compromise just to fit some certain images. We pray that you help us by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, by the leading of your spirit to be people who are secure of who they are, who are happy about what you have made them. We commit, Lord Jesus Christ, these, these people into your hands. We, we commit the brothers and the sisters, those that are listening in different parts of, of, of this country and the world. We just pray that you will bless them. 
We ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is said that really stuck out to me, especially when you start to compare yourself to others. Amen. In this social media environment that we live, like what Brother Aaron said, they take 50 pictures and then decide to keep one of them and filter them all out. And uh, we look at that and we think, man, they have such great vacations. I wish my kids got along that good, and I wish that we didn't have to stay at such a dumpy place. Everything is so great that they get. Amen. 
we all go through that. I think that uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Which brings me up to a song. Do we know that song uh, I want to keep pressing on? I'm going to keep pressing on. Um, I like this song particularly because of the second verse, which talks about Satan telling us that we're not going to make it, even if the rapture was true. Amen. Because we are living in a time where Satan plays with our mind. Amen. We're going to keep pressing on. Amen. Um, let's sing. Uh, I'm going to keep pressing on. Yeah, let's start there. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on. Amen. I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Let's sing it again. I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm gonna keep pressing on. I'm gonna keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Satan tries to stop me, turn me aside. There's no need for you to go on. Why do you even try? Even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. I just say, Satan, that only proves you're a liar again. I'm gonna keep pressing on, on and on. I'm gonna keep pressing on. Amen. I'm gonna keep pressing on. Higher calling. One more time, I'm gonna keep pressing on. Oh, I'm gonna keep pressing on. I'm gonna keep pressing on. I'm gonna keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. One more time. I'm gonna keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Amen. Brother Jeff, could you come and dismiss us in a word of prayer? I want to remember our pastor this week. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful service that we've had, Father. Lord, there's so many needs out there, Lord, that we want to continue to remember. Father, I pray that you just lift them up, and I pray that you just touch them, Lord, this week. Father, I pray for our pastor, Lord, and just continue to work through him, Father. Father, we love you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Miss, but I'm trying to think of a song. What were you just playing there, Matt? Oh, were you okay? <laughs> um, 
Let's sing it. Uh, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. And then we're going to dismiss you. Pray that you uh, have a lovely rest of the week. Amen. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you said.